This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231 tonight. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. You call in about anything's the point of the show. Otherwise, we bring up things interesting to us. Now, Wayne, you are saying that uh, there's some business, it's a business website out there that's predicting doom and gloom for September of this year. Is that right? Economically, yes. Uh, many predict that the U.S. could fina- uh, face financial collapse in September. Well, why? Well, there's been... Why a- September? Why and why September? Well, the last uh, few years, in 2008 and October, we had a, a meltdown, which uh, they kind of led us to believe we needed to bail out all these companies for. Then the year before in September or October, around that time frame also, it seems like the fall uh, is the time when the chickens seem to come home to roost because of, of people coming back from the holidays and you know, holiday um, uh, summer vacation. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then for some reason, the markets aren't working or they're able to push it off until the end of the summer. Who knows? But according to the International Forecaster, for example, they, they revealed recently that the U.S. State Department uh, had advised embassies worldwide to stock up on a year's worth of local currency in anticipation of a collapse of the U.S. dollar. So hmm. that's that's, that's pretty, an interesting. Yeah, wow. Huh. That's pretty significant. So they're saying look for a temporary banking shutdown time for around September 2009. Uh, let's see. There's another one here from MarketWatch. Some uh, U.S. embassies worldwide are being advised to purchase massive amounts of local currencies enough to last them a year. Some embassies are being sent enormous amounts of U.S. cash to purchase currencies from those governments quietly, but not the pound sterling, of course. Let's see. Wow. There's, uh, so so that's, it could be a little telltale sign, I guess. What's yes. the answer? Buy your silver now while you still can? Uh, Always that answer. I would think so. I would definitely <laughs> think so. There's also some rumors about Japanese executives being told to get out of the U.S. by September. By their companies, you mean? Yes, by their companies. Exactly. Well, I guess that's to, to assume that these companies somehow know that this collapse is going to occur. I mean, maybe they see some indicators, but I, I don't know. I don't know. It's something to watch. I know that there's also a group that I follow. Uh, they call them the Web the Webbot Project, and they've developed software over the years to basically they they gather data from chat rooms and such, and they try to find uh, changes in linguistics to predict uh, the futures three months, six months, a year out. And uh, they call it the ALTA report. ALTA stands for Asymmetric Language Trend Analysis, and they they can usually tell when there's a shift in the linguistics that there's something about to happen. And they've been very accurate over the years in predicting even to the day sometimes that something was going to go down. All right, Wayne, uh, you've got me all scared now. What, <laughs> what are we supposed to do about this? I mean, if, if what you're saying is uh, that, that, that the economic collapse is happening in September, and I don't know if that's true. It's just some somebody predicting it um, based on whatever. But there's certainly not a good thing, and there's nothing good happening with the U.S. dollar. I mean, let's talk about things we know for, for a fact. And uh, we know for a fact that the United States... Currency has no value behind it. It's just another government fiat currency that 
And that means that they just basically wave a magic wand and say, you must use this uh, to all of the people out there in this country. In the world, too. Well, well, it's called legal tender, and and uh, and that that only really applies within the United States jurisdiction. Uh, Well, it's not really an issue of getting people to accept dollars. I don't know about you, but I'll accept as many as anyone wants to give me. Um, the, you know, the sort of the, the, the problem with the legal tender law is, is that you can't compete against it. Um, that's right. the real difficulty. Now, legal tender law would come into, uh, you know, be a difficult thing when, say, in Zimbabwe, that, you know, they're, they're legal tender, they're destroying by printing way too much. But that's still the issue is you can't compete against it. Legal tender laws are, uh, you know, it's it's not that people are forced to take them that's the biggest problem because they're not generally fiat currency not you know fiat currency means that it's not backed by anything the problem is is that you can't accept anything else yes i i absolutely understand that and what where i was going it generally was just to kind of talk about the dollar for listeners that may not be aware of this uh i understand this is really basic stuff but we we can talk about things that are are definitely happening and what is definitely happening is the dollar is losing value I mean, it's not happening at a an alarmingly fast clip at this point, and that's what you're saying. You believe might actually start happening in Critical September. Mass. Yeah. Uh, but but for the for the last almost the last hundred years at this point, the dollar has been just devaluing and devaluing and devaluing, and and that's something that you can look at. You can see the you can see the graph of the 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 dollar losing its value by something like ninety six percent. I think it's ninety seven, but okay. I mean, I mean, it's significant. When you're getting when you're, when you're getting up that high, it it is significant. I mean, yeah. think about what a loaf of bread was ten years ago. I think it was a dollar, and now it's two. It's also been said that most fiat currencies last an average of seventy two years. Some have gone a little longer. Some go a little less. And we're definitely past, well past that now with the dollar. Yeah. And I think the only reason why the dollar's lasted longer is it's become it's become the world reserve currency, right. which most countries have, or empires have never had that privilege. So they've been able to string it out further and further. And it's coming to the point now where it's not really it, it's not realistic to, to believe that it can go any further because other countries are losing their faith in it. And that's what you have to have to make a fiat currency work is faith. Right, and all along this entire time, we we know the dollar's been losing value, and the government seems to be pretty darn set on making it lose even more value faster. I mean, they're out there printing it out like there's no tomorrow. They and certainly the Bush administration was doing this. So I don't want to make it sound like it's Obama, just Obama. It's been going on for a long and time. And they hand most of it out to their friends. Right, they have military contracts and and things like that. And so they're spending billions of dollars to bail out the car companies. They're spending billions to bail out their buddies in the banking industry. And it's all the trillions in the war. I mean, it's this is this is money that comes from somewhere. And it's not just people paying taxes. It's not just the IRS. It, there's a significant amount of it that's just coming from the printing press. Some and people just can... turning, you know, incrementing numbers in a bank account somewhere, which that's inflation and that steals value from you and I. And so what you're saying is, Wayne, that's coming to a head. Some people contend that, in fact, the uh, the amount that the IRS uh, collects is really just the amount that's used to pay the interest on the the mm-hmm. loan that the United States government gets from for this fiat currency from the Federal Reserve. That's yep. right, because every that. dollar that's that's in existence right now has been borrowed. 
And actually, it's, it's a math- debt note. Yeah, and it's mathematically impossible to pay it all off because you'd have to uh, basically create even more fiat money in order to pay it off plus interest. So it's it's basically mathematically impossible to pay it off and have any any money left. It's an insane system. I mean, it's a yeah. system that was designed from it seems day one uh, to just simply extract wealth right. from the, the many to the few. Right, it's pillage. That's what I mean, that's what this whole system sure. is all about. When the government when the government says. We need money for X. They go to the Federal Reserve. They sell the what's it, bonds, it's treasury bonds. Treasuries, yeah. uh, Bills, they, there's all kinds of treasury uh, notes. Instruments. It's basically yeah. a promise to pay back against the money that they get from the Federal Reserve. They then take that money and they spend it on those contracts we were talking about. They spend it on bailing out their but, buddies. But so we forgot that, a step there. Yeah. The Federal Reserve writes out a check to them as a loan, but the checkbook is not backed by anything. They just write up a check, just like if you right. were to make your own checkbook. They just print it out. They just print out the checkbook, say, here. And then they get to charge interest on yes. that. So, uh, so that, yeah, the Federal Reserve, you know, increments some numbers in a database somewhere and says, okay, now you can have this new money. Uh, and it's, it is new money in that it it's, wasn't there before. Uh, new, new evidence of debt, that's what the money system is in this, uh, in this right. country. But it's not new value. It's not like they can just create value out of thin air and right. add that into the economy. The value is created by people doing business right. in the marketplace, transacting uh, services and products, and uh, tit for tat. And that's evidenced by the fact that uh, you, can, you now have to trade more Federal Reserve notes for the same loaf of bread, just like I told you before. And it's, it's gone down steadily in the 97 years or whatever it is, but the Federal Reserve, 1913, it's pretty close to that, 96 years, uh, that the Federal Reserve has been around. Have you noticed that the loaves of bread look smaller in the, in the supermarkets now? No, that's I, usually the first step. They, I, they get a little smaller for the same price. Yes. Uh, this I've, this is something I've observed for a long time. This it's, is something that Ian would observe. I would I, I'm, a, you know, I mean, I'm a bit of a frugal frugal guy uh, when it comes to shopping. And, and uh, what I noticed recently on is yogurts. They used to be eight ounces. Now they're six. And it was. It used to be that name brand yogurts were eight ounces. All of them were. And eight. then they went down to six. And then the store brands were eight ounces. And then and they, they went down, down to six. six. So it allows so, them to to sell less for the same amount of money. Otherwise, they'd have to raise their price. But eventually, they can only cut so far. And so at that point, then they have to uh, raise the price. But at that point, they can also add some ounces back in and act like they've, we've increased our uh, quantity by tw- 25%. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's amazing marketing. And it's, uh, I wonder how many people don't realize it's happening to them. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, freetalklive.com features include live streams. We've got a broadband version, dial-up version, even a webcam, all free for you. At listen.freetalklive.com, that's listen.freetalklive.com. I want to get to these calls here, Wayne, but since we were talking about the dismal state of the U.S. dollar, and it was planned like that, uh, and you had suggested that there may be some worsening, significant worsening happening in September. There are a handful of indicators that suggest that. I don't want to get anybody all too riled up about it. And 
what would you suggest that people do? This is something that we're probably going to face here at some point in the future, how long the government can finagle their way out of these consequences that are bound to come. Uh, I don't know. It's really just a question of when, not if. Doesn't it seem that way? Yeah, because their bag of tricks is almost out now. And uh, my whole objective... Print more seems to be the the trick, although they've got a few other things that uh, they can do in the background to kind of lessen the... Yeah, and it's very, they've done a lot of clever things to keep it going this long. My point of bringing this up is not to scare people, not to pe- uh, make instill fear in people, but you know, people sometimes there's information out there that might even be designed to make you fearful, and the and the thing to do is to be choose not to be fearful and to prepare and to take whatever comes at you uh, on a moment to moment, a day to day basis. That's all you can do. Some are saying that it'll be October, November, December, around that time frame when we have the collapse of the devaluation of the dollar. Others are saying it could happen as early as September. I don't know what the answer to that is, but uh, mentally, physically, in every way, we just have to be ready in case that does happen. So what will happen, I guess people with debts will actually be in pretty good shape, won't they? If you've got a home loan, for instance... Well, they, they can't foreclose on everybody at the same time, I suppose. And if they have a bank holiday, you wouldn't be able to pay your bills anyway. But I mean, well, if, if, if you have bi- a fixed um, mortgage that, you know, if, if you assume, fixed rate. And, and I can't, uh, there's no ga- way to guarantee that this is going to happen, but if you have a fixed rate mortgage and you're, uh, and the, the money begins inflating, you know, they begin inflating the money um, and therefore the value of it goes down, you'll at some point or another be earning more dollars number wise um, and then but they won't be able to raise the amount that you have to pay on your mortgage so therefore that would be an advantageous situation however credit cards and uh, you know the adjustable rate mortgages and so all they these can other adjust things, your credit card rate they sure they can okay I mean, I've never actually made a late payment so I don't know these things it's very difficult to say what could happen if there's a collapse of the dollar. You have to look to other countries where it's happened, like Argentina, like Brazil, like Russia or Soviet Union at the time. And and it's a little bit different in every case. But the, the point is you might want to have a little extra money around. You you want to have some assets that are worth something regardless of what the dollar is worth. Something like silver or gold, perhaps? Toilet paper, things that you might not be able to get for a few weeks or a few months, too. You know, it wouldn't hurt to have certain things around the house that, that could be traded for other things of value. It's yeah. not a bad idea. It's it's never a bad idea to have a little canned food, uh, you know, backed up. But, you know, and uh, as a matter of fact, the Mormons, uh, this is a sort of a tenant of their religion is to have... Preparedness. Uh, yeah, yeah, preparedness. And, and you know, I... Canned food will last for ten years, so it's not like you're not probably use will last stuff. longer than that. It, yeah. it has expiration dates on it, but if it hasn't been if you're hungry, punctured, you <laughs> yeah, if it hasn't been punctured or ruptured in some way, you're probably safe. Yeah, well, you know, I think it's almost inevitable, and I think you would agree, looking at what's happening, that we are going to some at some point face a very painful adjustment economically in this country, and when we do, you you have to deal with what you're given. And you have to try to band with your neighbors uh, and and help each other out however you can, and and form self-organizing collectives, if you will, to uh, basically maybe somebody's good at one thing, somebody's good at another, and try to find people who complement uh, your strengths and your weaknesses. Let's go to your calls about what you want. Scott is in Wisconsin, and you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Scott. Scott in Wisconsin. I, I just wanted to t- tell Wayne it's good to see that he's woke up. Um, I wanted to ask Wayne and you you guys, uh, well, with the economy and that, um, (coughs) has has Wayne ever heard of Gerald Gerald Salenti? Oh, yes. He's a whole uh, of the trends group. Yep. Um, 
he was saying that this Christmas time uh, we'll be uh, handing presents out man-made. Um, but uh, I just wanted you, uh, to understand that. See, in the old days with the Romans, we were talking the monetary system. And it was two to one with the gold in the bank. And, of course, over when the, these bankers got the idea of giving these loans out, um, if you're not a wealthy millionaire, you're in debt. And then they decided, well, let's put interest on it. And so what's happening is that monetary system with, like you said, backing with gold or silver, that's legit. The principle on the other side is just keeps inflating, keeps inflating up, along with the house foreclosures, uh, the businesses that go bankrupt. Uh, it just keeps going up to what Eon was saying earlier, that when you can't pay your interest on your loans anymore, you're pretty well cooked. You could, you could see a lot of people who lose their homes, and, and, and you, you could start to see a lot of homeless people wandering the highways in their cars. Oh, don't worry, Wayne. Government's <laughs> going to step in and help them save their homes. Uh, what I read the government recently, can only uh, only has as much money as they can extract from the people. And well, if, that's print, true. If the government has allowed its banker friends to extract all the wealth from the people, or at least a, a good majority of the wealth from the people, then... There's nothing left to extract. Thank you for the call tonight, Scott. I appreciate it. I thought that there was a program they were working on. Maybe I'm not sure where they're at with this, but they are planning on basically taking over people, ownership of people's homes. So, for instance, if you are somebody who is falling behind on your mortgage payments, the, you could apply to this particular government program. Maybe they would not maybe you wouldn't even have to apply maybe they'll just pick people and go after them i don't know i don't know how it's all going to work out but presumably you, you might apply and say oh i'm having trouble making my payments come help and they're going to come in with other people's money they're going to take that home from whoever it is that owns it basically the whatever, whatever bank the yeah bank they're going to buy, buy that out for whoever i don't know how much it'll cost them they're going to buy it out and then the government's going to operate that that particular home the government will then rent you the home that you owned at one time. So but you'll stop- be able to stay in your home. Okay, but what's stopping them from coming to you in two or three years and saying, uh, comrade, uh, we're, we're going to move you over to this little crappy place now because a, a member of the totalitarian party wants to live in your house. <laughs> yeah, well, they're nothing at all. It's their home. Yeah, it's, it's their the house. government would own it at that point. But the, 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 the tantalizing factor would be that the family would get to stay in their own home. That's the, sa- that's the sales pitch, the right? Something just, for nothing sales pitch. Yeah, just let us yeah. take over. We'll be your landlord. And then, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll cut you in here about the, you know, a little bit less than you were paying on the mortgage. And you can just pay that to us now. And we'll own you that much more. We'll run the company that you work for, if it's a bank or a car company. Who knows what's coming next? We'll tell well. how much they can pay you. Yep, and uh, we'll we'll be running your home now as well. So uh, you just do as we say, and everything will be fine, citizen. It's kind of spooky. That's the direction we're moving in, unless people start to say, no, I'm not doing that. And if enough people do that, then they'll back off. But that's the direction we're moving into. It's going to be very difficult for Americans to say no to the sexy sales pitch of, hey, we'll take care of you. Everything free in America. Just give up your rights. That's all you have to do. Sign here, give up your rights, and you can become a serf, too. 800-259-9231. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? 
Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. So we're going to continue taking your calls. And by the way, on the website, uh, we do have the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo or video proving that they listen to the show. See what I mean by going over to shrine.freetalklive.com and head over to audible.com to enjoy yourself some free spoken audio entertainment. I mean audio books, over 60,000 titles from which to choose. You can listen whenever and wherever you want, just like a podcast. And every genre, Audible has it covered. You can get your free audiobook download when you sign up today. Just go to audiblepodcast.com slash FTL and get signed up to get your free audiobook. That's audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. Right to your phone calls we go to Dave in New York. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Dave? Hello. Hello? You're on the air. What's on your mind today? This this is Dave in Las Vegas, actually, and I'm not in New York. Sorry about that. Um, My bad. uh, That's cool. Uh, First off, I just wanted to say while I was on hold, I just solved my Rubik's Cube, so yay for that. Wow, Um, that's awesome. I can't say I've ever done that in my whole life. Mark, have uh, Wayne, have you guys ever solved a Rubik's Cube? No, I'm just uh, sitting here being glad that uh, the feds that are monitoring the the program know exactly where Dave is now. Uh, So, (laughs) Wayne, never... Ever beat the Rubik's Cube back in the 80s? Back in the 80s, yeah. You did? Yeah. I'm surprised, yeah, Mark, you didn't get one for while you were in jail. Yes, I, mean, that yes, would... I did. Uh, it's all... They wouldn't give you a, a Rubik's Cube in jail, however. Uh, you can't get a Rubik's Cube in jail? No, sorry. What man. It's prison. They don't want you to have cable TV. They don't want you to have weights. They don't want you to have Rubik's Cubes. I thought they get TV in prison. They have. Uh, they, they turned it into a... Uh, yeah, they, they get like educational stuff. I see. All right, so Dave, go ahead. Okay, so... Um... Well, so many things I could 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 talk about. Pick but, one. Uh, a while okay, a while ago I was um, reading around. I think it was on the Free Keen uh, <clears throat> blog or somewhere. I, I read somewhere that Ivy was in jail or something like that. Um, Ivy is, that- is the lady who was helping our buddy Sam Dodson uh, out as he was in jail for 58 days. She was representing him out on the outside. She's not a lawyer. She is somebody who's just very interested in kind of the legal issues, and so she's self-educated on that and was very helpful. And, yes, she was arrested uh, right before Sam was released. In fact, the judge said that the reason he was releasing Sam was because his lawyer was arrested. So it may have actually been part of the reason, or it certainly was the excuse that he used to let Sam out. Uh, And Ivy was arrested and charged with some sort of welfare fraud charges down in Rhode Island. I can't say I know exactly what the charges are. It's my understanding that she was um, let out and there is a trial scheduled. So I'm not sure as to what the the current status of that is. I believe we're still awaiting the the trial date. And I I don't know much about the allegations either, but... If she was if she was actually embezzling money from a, a private person, uh, that would I think be criminal. But if she was doing it from the state, I don't know how I feel about that. It, does anybody is anybody familiar with Rhode Island? 
I don't see how they could go after little old Ivy for some little infraction there yeah. with all the money they steal at, like, at, at the state level. Person for person, it's the most corrupt state in the nation. Mm. I mean, it's certainly uh, Louisiana and uh, Illinois give it a run for the money, but... Uh, basically, uh, Rhode Island is the only state that was uh, was was excluded from the Free State Project because it is so far gone. So she hasn't been proven guilty, and even if the state does find her guilty, I, I don't think that will taint my uh, view of her. She's somebody who is very interested in freedom and is a liberty-oriented lady, and if something, sh- something she did in the past, I don't think necessarily should reflect on who she is today and who she's become. Yeah, I was just curious. I, I had read something brief about it, and I, I didn't hear anything. So I was there. You go. Uh, yeah. So on one another quick thing, uh, I saw an article on Yahoo that rated Manchester, New Hampshire, as the best cheap city in the country to live in. Yeah, I heard about that. That's great news. Good for the yeah, good for so, the Manchester people. It's not like they had a tough time recruiting uh, folks over there anyway. Obviously, we're talking here about the Free State the best Project. What chi- city? Cheapest. Cheapest. Cheapest city in America. Yeah, the best cheap city to live in i don't know if that means it's the cheapest but it sounds like it might be the cheapest the (laughs) best cheap city (laughs) i guess that's not really the cheapest it's the city that a city that's cheap that they consider the best thanks for the call tonight dude i appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231 the free state project is a movement of thousands of liberty-minded people all focusing on one place and that is new hampshire and obviously within new hampshire the different people in the different areas are I guess to some extent competing to uh, to get new movers. I think most people, when they move somewhere, are probably moving based on a job. They hopefully will get a job before they move. Jobs or internet uh, boyfriends, girlfriends, uh, you know, move, moving for a significant other, that yeah. kind of thing. Uh, moving uh, to be near family of a uh, spouse or, or loved one. But for those that don't necessarily have work lined up and are just looking to move somewhere, uh, there are those of us who would like to recruit them. And, of course, the Manchester... Manchester being the largest area in the state, uh, 100,000 people live in the city of Manchester, and of course there are more surrounding the city limits, is much larger than our uh, very own Keene, New Hampshire, where we produce this radio program with 25,000. So it's it's not as easy to compete from a from that particular viewpoint. But I've had people tell me that they don't really think Manchester is that great of a city as far as uh, its amenities. Like, not a lot is open late. You'd think that uh, that it would be. I don't know how, how much better Keene, New Hampshire, is uh, compared to Manch, but... Uh, I can I, tell you nothing's open late in Keene. I, well, I don't know if that's true. We have bars here. Bars. And there's a Wendy's that's open pretty late, and there's a pizza shop that's open to 4 a.m. Anyway, um, there's it's, it's just part of the whole competition thing, and good for Manchester, good for them uh, winning that. I think Keene was the third... Least likely to suffer from a recession, the, the third mid mid sized city or whatever, or small city that was uh, least likely to suffer from the repression. So we've got our own numbers and statistics out here. There are a lot of people who come up here who are IT people too, and that area has some advantages if you're an IT person because yeah. you're in that Boston tech corridor area. I, I agree. I think Manchester is a fine place for new movers to alight in and then spread out and kind of tour the rest of the state and see what they think of the rest of New Hampshire. It's easy to get a place in Manchester. There's a lot of, of options there, from my understanding. And you can just kind of come into one of these porcupine manors, as they call them. Porkmanor.com is the, is the website. That's pork with a C. P-O-R-C, manor.com, and that lists some of the properties that are available. You can usually pick up a room for a few hundred bucks and get your start there. Yeah, get your start there. Good starting point, Manchester. 800-259-9231 is our number, and we'll go to Alex in Wisconsin. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Alex. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? 
Um, I'm just calling to actually recommend some stuff from actually Gardner Goldsmith over at Liberty Conspiracy. Um, I'm going to school for nursing, so everything going on with this whole health care and possibly making it the government-run health care mm. is obviously something that I'm paying attention to, and Guard's just been doing a really great job of explaining it and, like, debunking some of the major arguments that people are saying. Like, he explains really well how a right is actually something that's intrinsic and isn't something that can be given to you by the government. It's something that you innately have, and so... Yeah, a lot of people believe the reverse. A lot of people Mm -hmm. believe that, and maybe maybe they don't believe it, but they're just spouting it because they've been told it so many times, but they believe that the government gives rights. The Constitution gave me the right to bear arms. No, no. No, what the Constitution did was supposedly outlined a set of rules that the government what the government was supposed to follow. So the Bill of Rights is the Constitution saying, okay, now you government people, you're not supposed to violate these things. Right. Not, it does negative, not, they're negative rights, not positive rights. A positive right would be we have a right to ed- free education and health care. But the problem with positive rights is they require the government to steal or take from other people in order to give you that right. And, and this whole idea of a, they call a single-payer health system. It's not single-payer. 300 million people are paying for somebody's health care. That's not single payer. That's inherently dishonest, and it's just a way to try to sell it to the public. So you're saying that Gardner Goldsmith has been covering this in depth at libertyconspiracy.com. Of course, we are big fans of big. Gardner Goldsmith here on this show, so highly recommend that recommendation. Big time. Anything fans. else on your mind tonight, Alex? Yeah, there's just one other example I wanted to give that he made that Please. really helped helped me a lot, and that was to explain how people were complaining about not being given insurance because of a pre-existing condition. He used the analogy. You're not going to be given home insurance if your house is burning down because that's a pre-existing condition. It's something you get preventatively. It's something that may happen in the future. Yeah, but that's a very strong point from the government as far as persuading people. You're absolutely right, of course. And let's touch a little bit more on what the government's plan is here and there and how it is they're selling it to people in moments. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And if you enjoy this program and want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier for as little as... Three bucks a month. We'll take that money in, reinvest it into the show, get on more radio stations across the country, expose new people to the ideas of freedom, and you'll get perks too, like access to the AMP only call in lines, chat room, forum, and more. All the details are at amp.freetalklive.com. So I said we were going to just kind of expound a little bit on the government's plot to take over the government health care or the, to take over the health care system. Lock, stock, and barrel. Right, because they're already half involved in it now. More than half, slightly more than half of every dollar spent in the healthcare system is spent by some government, whether it's federal, local, or state. It's a government-spent dollar. And so they're looking at increasing the amount of control they have. Not quite to 100%. They want to basically set up the pins so that the marketplace will be crushed eventually by the unfair uh, competition of the government insurance company they're looking to create. So what's likely going to occur if this all rolls forward, and I think the headlines are saying it's now going to be October until they vote on this. I 
I'm not paying close close attention to all the the political details. But from what I've uh, from what I understand, and I'm sure Gardner Goldsmith has a, a real wrap uh, around this one. But from what I understand, they're going to create a government insurance program, which will force uh, and they will force all Americans to have insurance. So whether you get the insurance from the government program or from a private insurer, that's not the issue. The issue is they want you to have insurance and are willing to jack money from your paycheck and force you to have insurance, whether you want any of those programs or not. And they claim they're just going to be competing against private companies, but you can't really compete against private companies when you have an unlimited amount of funny money you can create. Exactly. And you can put them all out of business within a year or two. That is the plan, isn't it, Wayne? The plan is to enter the marketplace with a government-run, subsidized company that can undercut all of the co- the costs for whatever the other insurance companies are charging. Government can charge less because they can take money from somewhere else and the Federal Reserve, perhaps. Or print it. Print it out. And not to mention that they put the guidelines on the other companies, which then they don't have to uh, abide by themselves. So they can uh, regulate the crap out of the the, the competition and provide the low-end insurance until it just reaches up, up, up. I mean, what was the point of uh, public school? Well, to make sure that all the kids, the poor ones especially, got education. Well, you can't tell me that public education is to educate poor people now. Public education is to educate everyone. They have basically driven out of the marketplace everybody but the very rich. You can expect um, you can expect that, or or the extraordinarily motivated, um, and you can expect that to be the the case with uh, with with government health care is the same it is in Florida. They just recently uh, you know got an insurance program. That there for homeowners because they were having trouble finding insurance because it was hard because they had hurricanes and stuff. Well, <laughs> now State Farm is getting out of the home uh, insurance business yeah. there in Florida because it's just too difficult. I uh, don't think the insurance business is anything to write home about. And I think that most of the reason for that is because of government's involvement in health care in the first place. I know that John Stossel has pointed out on, on his uh, television programming that in the absence of even the insurance companies, what we might have is, well, maybe some, some very catastrophic kind of care insurance and the rest of it would be just stuff priced in the marketplace to compete with others. And people would go in and they'd ask for prices from their doctor and they'd call around to a couple other places and see what the prices are and then, you know, use their savings to uh, to purchase the average healthcare kind of uh, things that they need, checkups and things like that. Whereas if there was some sort of traumatic thing, then you could have insurance to cover something like that which would be, I think, a much more uh, viable case because then you've got more competition as far as prices and things like that. And, of course, in the absence of governmental regulation of the health insurance bi- or the health business period, you'd see prices coming down, you'd see more innovation, you'd see more people entering the marketplace to compete. And what you're going to see now, because government is taking more and more control, is more doctors just thrown in the towel. They're going to say they've had enough. They're not going to deal with the paperwork anymore. They've got enough money to retire. They're going to just get the hell out. Mm -hmm. And fewer people will be applying to become doctors because they don't want to deal with the the socialist situation. They don't want to have to handle the extra paperwork that's going to happen. Or they're going to be like in Canada where they're going to give up their family practices and they're going to go to these these walk-in clinics where they can see a patient for three minutes and get the same amount as a family practitioner who would spend a half hour with you, talking with you, getting to know you, you know, and, and understanding what your needs are. And that's what happened up in Canada. It was actually more beneficial financially for doctors to give up their practices and, and, and do this. But the thing I resent the most about this whole proposal 
is we've been presented with this contrived dialectical argument that you either have to have government health care or you have to have this free market capitalist system that's out of control, which isn't the case which at all. Which they're saying is what we have yes, now. They're exactly. saying it's a free market now. And it's not. It's far from a free market. It's a cartelized, uh, semi-socialist market. It's that the old basically... boy system. Right. It's not. It's not a free market system because if it were a free market system, costs would plunge. But but now they're going to now. Here's what's going to happen: is they're going to cannibalize the good old boys. It's to the point where the good old boys have had their run, and now they're going to run. They're going to create this government program that's going to undercut all the competition in the marketplace. Eventually, people are going to filter over because the government program is going to be cheaper. Why not go over there? So they'll go there, and the other companies will start losing more business. Plus. They've got these mandates that they're going to put in on the other companies to make it even more difficult. It would be bad enough if they just entered the marketplace with a government corporation offering health insurance. If that's all they did, that would be bad enough. But they're doing more. Uh, you know, old Barack Obama sent me another email today. Can you believe this? He's just such a nice guy. I never got emails from the last president. Uh, he says, dear friend. <laughs> if you're like most Americans, there's nothing more important to you about health care than peace of mind. Given the status quo, that's understandable. You know, it's it's kind of funny that instead of uh, you know instead of calling you Ian, he he knows that you're a Quaker, so he addresses you <laughs> as a member of the, the Society of Friends, dear friend. The current system often denies insurance due to pre-existing conditions, charges steep out-of-pocket fees, and sometimes isn't there at all if you become seriously ill. It's time to fix our unsustainable insurance system and create a new foundation for healthcare security. That means guaranteeing your healthcare security and stability with eight basic consumer protections. No discrimination for existing, pre-existing conditions. That's one right there. And I don't even have to go to the other seven. That one right there is going to dramatically increase costs for uh, these insurance companies. If, if you come to the health insurance company with stage seven cancer or whatever and you say, oh, sign me up. Then they're going to have to pay for all of your uh, all of the stuff that you go through. Sure. That's going to dramatically increase their costs. And unlike the government, they just can't print out the money to run their business, so they have to increase the uh, premiums that their customers are paying. You know, it's a full court press when they send Ian an email. <laughs> but you know, I, I, the the fact that they're saying that they're probably going to not vote this until October, I would watch that closely because I think they might it, sneak it in. Yeah, they could sneak it in. They maybe they want the public to kind of back off a little bit so they can take the heat off the. Uh, existing congressmen who might be mm-hmm. because it's been overwhelming they're saying the switchboards have been lighting up and they've been crashing email servers and everything because wow. people are so upset about these proposals and some of the the provisions in these things they've read off are, are really scary i mean have you really looked at some of the details of this so far we've kind of touched this has been a summary of everything that i i know i mean maybe there's something i'm leaving out but what what did you want to share? Well, I don't have them in front of me, but there was a list of things actually in the bill, at least previous versions of it anyway, that were really totalitarian and unacceptable completely. And if the public really saw all of them, they'd probably do more than just uh, uh, crash uh, email servers. Well, that's probably going to uh, – yeah, and I imagine more of that's going to come down. I, I would like to know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, because eventually we know what happens in other countries that have socialized medicine, and that is that they get very, very meddlesome and micromanaging of your health care life. Yep. So, yeah, you get free health care so long as you qualify by our standards of what healthy is, so long as you're, e- you're eating right, right by the government standards, so long as you're not smoking, you're not drinking, you're not doing uh, eating fast food, you're not doing the... I'm not saying they're going to jump all right in all 
at once on all of those things, but there's but a very good chance. But you can believe chance. that if it financially incentivizes the government to tell you that you've got to do 10 jumping jacks every morning, and you're, not allowed to, and you're not allowed to eat red meat, and you're not allowed to have candy bars, you're not allowed yeah. to smoke, you're not allowed to do whatever, they're going to do that. Why wouldn't they do it? They're already running down the path of cigarettes and right. uh, trans fats. I mean, why wouldn't they do it? Now, I'd, I'd like to address the, uh, the situation of no pre-existing conditions. Uh, you know, that's, that's not going <laughs> to no be No discrimination for pre-existing. Now think about um, now these are obviously these are the, uh, the the pariahs of the insurance uh, world. These are the people that the insurance companies don't want. You obviously don't want the people with pre-existing conditions. Who are the pariahs of the educational world? Because I think you can really draw a lot of par- um, parallels between education and insurance because the government is fully in the educational system. It's almost got a monopoly. You have to monopoly fund it just mm-hmm. as you would this system. And just about everybody uses it, just like it's going to be with this system. The special ed kids? The special ed kids are the pariahs. These are the ones that cost ten times what uh, the average In the government system, it costs ten times as much. But you don't know because nobody sends a special ed kid to the private system. Yeah. We don't know what competition can bring to that. And and who gets the worst education, a public school student or a private school student? Public school. So the the special ed kids get the crappy service. All right. There's more coming up here. Your thoughts on the health care issue or anything you want. Hour two's on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. So we launch here into the second hour of the program. You can, of course, bring up anything. That's why we call the show Free Talk Live. Again, the number is 800-259-9231. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We were talking about the health care plans in the last hour, and we're going to continue that discussion here because there's more to say. Wayne, I know you're digging uh, digging around for some of the details that uh, you had tantalized us with a little while ago. <laughs> we're going to get to your calls as well, but before we do that, let me just finish this email here, at least get through a little bit more of it, from Barack Obama. He sent me an email, and he says, Dear friend, and he goes on to say, It's time to fix the insurance system. With eight basic consumer protections. Well, wait a second. I want to go back a minute. Okay. Fix the insurance system. Yes. Okay. There's there's a key point right there, the insurance system, because their whole mentality or the way they sell it is that all these there's all these people without health insurance. Right. And and we but see without addressing why healthcare is so expensive to begin with, 
can you really get to the root of the whole problem? The government is not interested in doing things like that, but you're absolutely right. Uh, the, the government rarely strikes at the root, if ever strikes at the root. Usually what it does is it comes in, creates a problem that it was or- originally, it comes in with the uh, the intentions to do something good, ends up creating a problem as a result of the fact that, well, governments just are mis- just awful at managing money and inefficient and dangerous and stupid, uh, not to mention ugly. And so they come in there and they create a problem and then they look at the problem and they say, hmm, we can fix that. What can we do to solve this problem? And they create a new program or expand an existing program and they attempt to solve that problem and inevitably create another problem. So a perfect example, of course, is the war on drugs, where supposedly, purportedly, they were uh, intending to stop drug use. Well, that hasn't stopped. Uh, People are using drugs and harder drugs than they ever used in the past today. So they created a problem worse than the original problem they had intended to solve. over and over and over again. And it's amazing that uh, people in general can't see this, is that when government steps in to solve a problem, it ends up creating larger problems by its solution. It may solve the problem in and of itself, but it creates more problems you know, with its solution than it than there ever was from the original problem. They don't think to. I think the reason is they don't think to look for the root of the problem. They just see the problem, and it's an obvious. When when you look for the problems, it's easy to see them. I mean, we all know where uh, the areas are that could use a lot of work, and so it's easy to focus on that. I don't know how many people ever ask themselves, well, why is this problem here in the first place? Why, as you're saying, Wayne, why is healthcare so expensive? It's because the government decided to get in and help with with people's health care. And traditionally, health insurance was just there for catastrophic type events like you get cancer or you get in a car accident or something. And the whole mentality that you need health insurance just to go to the doctor for a checkup or something is silly. And if it's that expensive, that's the problem is, is that you have to deal with why it's so expensive to begin with. And no one's talking about that. Right. People didn't have health insurance because by and large, you don't need it. It's catastrophic. Doctors took care of them and, you know, they, they lived their lives without health insurance. However, when the government had a 90% tax bracket, employers had to offer something uh, to their their prospective employees that were making above whatever, I don't know what the 90% tax bracket started at, in order to entice them to come on board. And then, like everything else, when rich people have it, then the people that are just, uh, you know, step down, they want to get it, and then it, you know, it trickles down. Everything trickles down from the rich to the poor, and, um, or, you know, the, the middle class or whatever, and so employers began having to, you know, offer health insurance to lower and lower, and it still made sense if you're talking about a 50% or 40% or 35% tax bracket, the employer can get you know, a better deal by offering you health insurance um, for their dollars. It's their pre-tax dollars. And that's what they wanted because, uh, you know, right now the way the tax laws are written is that it's beneficial for employers to provide health insurance. Uh, health care benefits to employees, whereas the individual, if you wanted to go out and get your own plan, you can't do that and, and, and be able to write it off under normal circumstances. That's part of the problem, too, is the tax structure. Right. The government created the problem with their tax structure in the very beginning. And this is the thing. The, the tax structure was supposed to be, and I'm sure they must have uh, you know, passed this off to the American people in 1913 as some kind of good reason that they was going to fix. But you're telling me now that uh, you know, here in 2009, my wife having to spend 
40 hours a, a year doing taxes and all the other stuff that income tax, you know, one of the reasons they didn't want to put a, I think it was a 5%, I may be wrong on this, 5% cap on income tax was because they figured if they put a 5% cap on it, that income tax would rush right up to that cap, and then they'd be taxing these people this exorbitant amount of money. Well, now, <laughs> the, average the, person, the, limit. the yeah. average person pays 25%. You also don't have as many choices as you would, would ordinarily have in a free market. For example, the cut, burn, and poison allopathic medicine is the official form of medicine that's heavily guarded over and watched by the government, and they don't allow uh, other more innovative forms of medicine that are less invasive to really come about in Natural the Natural solutions, yeah. that sort of thing. And you can get those, but you have to know the secret handshake, but they're not out there in the mainstream, and right. most health insurance plans don't want to pay for them. So I'm going to get back to the email from Barack Obama here in a moment, but let's go to your calls first. Matt is on the line in Illinois on the amp line. Hey, Matt. Hey, guys. What's on your mind? Um, Okay, you were talking about the wanting to know a little bit more about the health care bill, and I received an email. Now, unfortunately, I don't know how accurate this email is because it doesn't give the bill number, but it uh, does give pages and lines of supposedly some of the things that are in this health care bill. And I've heard. Okay, so it's an email. I've heard so some take of them, it. But yeah. it's an email, so take it for what it's worth. Right. Uh, maybe this is what Wayne was talking about. Uh, page 22 mandates the government will audit the books of all employer, employers that are self-insured. Yes, that's the one. I've got it right in front of me here. Go ahead. Right. I'd, I'd heard that before. Um, page 30. There will be a government committee that decide what treatments, benefits you get. Yep. Which makes sense in government things. So it's line, uh, page 29, lines 4, 4 through 16 in the health care bill, rations your health care. Your, yep. your health care is rationed. Which means the uh, government decides who lives and who dies. Sure they do. Right. And they will decide based on a variety of factors. Uh, you know, you may be too old to get uh, to get the care. They may decide that you know you're you're collecting retirement from the government, and so therefore you're not as valuable as somebody who's paying in to the government system. And so we're just not really that interested in helping. Um, and all over the world have a long history of making decisions based on ethnicity too. What if they decide mm-hmm. that uh, black people don't live as long, so they don't need the health care that white people do, or whatever? Sounds like eugenics, guys. It, it just this just happens. The government makes decisions based on race. Do we want that? No. Right. Oh, don't worry. That's, that's, why this, that's why this strikes by a chord. Is, this, is, this sounds not only like something that might be being considered in the U.S., it sounds like things I've heard about other countries' health care plans. Of course. Oh, well, they, uh, they can only follow one playbook, right? I mean, the, the socialized the medicine is, it only works one way, and that is you extract money from people by force, and you use that to fund your little program, and eventually there's still not enough money out there to extract from people to pay all the exorbitant costs of all the d- demands that people will inevitably place on your supposedly free program, because if it's free, you'll have people lining up out the door to look at every single sniffle uh, that they get, and so they won't be able to, the government won't be able to pay for all that, and that's when those restrictions are going to come in. The, well, you know, we didn't want to have to do this, but since we don't want to raise your taxes too much, we're just going to go ahead and cut back on the amount of care that we're providing only to some people. But don't worry, guys. As far as the gender discrimination goes, Barack Obama says in his email that they won't be gender discriminating anymore, even, so it's okay. Ian, even if there wasn't, there's, there's a real... I think that that's something that you almost have to do when it comes to health care. Women need certain health care things that men don't and vice versa. Yeah. <laughs> But here's the, here's the problem. Here's the door this opens up. When the government assumes full uh, control over health care, they also kind of introduce your mind to the idea that they own and control your body. 
to a larger degree than they do now. Because if they're going to yeah. provide the health care, then they can tell you what to put in your body, what you can't, what you have to do. And, and it's really part of a slippery slope of them owning and controlling your body. You become, I mean, you're already owned by them. We know this much. We know that if you don't pay, they we, might put you in a jail cell. We understand I mean, all that. Yes, Matt? If there's, if there's no gender discrimination, does that mean that older women are going to have to have prostate exams? <laughs> Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. Though I am noticing here, it doesn't say no race discrimination. So maybe they are, uh, you know, got something up their sleeve. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. So we'll share a little bit more from uh, Barack Obama's email to his friends. We're all his friends. It's Free Talk Live. <laughs> This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Ian with you tonight. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got updates, and you will be kept in the loop. Whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live, just go to updates.freetalklive.com. I was talking with Johnson today. Uh, he is our web guru designer guy, and he's been working feverishly behind the scenes on a redesign of the Free Talk Live website. And he's telling me that it's time to kind of open up and open it up to a public beta. So uh, that announcement will likely be coming out at some point via the updates list. So go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on it. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Are you thinking about starting a business? Here's a word to the wise. Incorporate at LegalZoom.com. Incorporation can help protect you against frivolous lawsuits that could wipe you out. LegalZoom.com is fast and easy. They do all sorts of legal documents, patents, wills, trademarks, LLCs. Use code FTL to save $10 off your order. It's LegalZoom.com. It's 10 bucks off your order with code FTL. All right, so we continue in this healthcare discussion. Wayne, you did pull up a list of some of the things that are allegedly included in this healthcare bill. Maybe it will end up passing in this form, maybe it won't, maybe they'll pass these things later on, but just just to get a taste of what they have in mind, what it is that they are looking to accomplish with this government mandated healthcare insurance program that they're going to shove down everyone's throat. Well, first of all, page 29, lines 4 through 16, your healthcare is rationed. Page 42, the Health Choices, health choices Commissioner will choose your health care benefits for you. You'll have no choice. Page 50, Section 152, health care will, will be provided to all U.S. citizens, illegal or otherwise. I'm sorry, all non-U.S. citizens, illegal or otherwise, whatever that means. Page 58, government will have real-time access to individuals' finances and the National ID health card will be issued. Page 59, lines 21 through 24, government will have direct access to your bank accounts for for electronic funds transfer. Page 65, section 164. They already have that. Yes. If they want your bank account, they just go into the bank and ask for it. They'll just have another way of getting in and know what they are. Uh, Let's see, section 164 is a payoff, subsidized plan for retirees and their families and unions and community organizations. ACORN is in parentheses. Uh, page 72, lines 8 through 14, government is creating a health care exchange to bring private health care plans under government control. Page 84, section 203, government mandates all benefit packages for private health care plans in the exchange. Page 85, line 7. So they're going to they're control everything about the private health care uh, insurance packages? Yes, eventually they'll take those over too, it looks like, right. they're saying. 
well, they're going to control exactly what's offered there, which they already sure. do to some extent. They say they must offer certain things. Sure, you've got to have abortions for nuns and uh, you know all right. the other things uh, that that everyone has to sort of group uh, buy oh. rather than being able to buy your uh, you know cover yourself for one particular thing or um, you know a few catastrophic things. You have to cover up everything. It it sounds to me that a lot of those are already happening to some extent. To some, yeah, to some. Well, let's see, page 95, lines 8 through 18, the government will use groups, i.e. ACORN and AmeriCorps, to sign up individuals for government health care plan. Well, they're going to mandate that uh, people sign up. It's probably going to come through, you know, some, something's probably going to come with someone's paycheck to say that, okay, folks, now you've got 30 days or 90 days to get yourself some health insurance and report back to your government health, uh, your local government health office that you have been insured or else mm-hmm. we are going to jack 20, uh, I think it's 2.5% from your paycheck or they're going to take it from the employer in the form of 8% or something like that. I don't remember what all the numbers are, but basically, uh, I don't know about this list. It sounds to me like a lot of this is already happening and it's, that it's not really... That's not really news. Well, one, no company can sue government on price fixing, no ju- judicial review against government monopoly. Okay, yeah. Doctor, so, doctors will be told what they can make. So they, uh, so they won't be able to, uh, the competitors in the marketplace won't be able to sue because of unfair competition because it's the government. That one makes sense from an insane, you know, kind of insane government perspective. Right. An employer so they're must, protecting themselves. Right. Uh, another one is an employer must uh, auto-enroll employees into public option plan, no choice. So that means that they would have to opt out of the system if they didn't want to be in it. Is that what you're saying? That automatically you go, you get the uh, government uh, insurance, and then if you want to choose to get out of the government insurance, then you have to, uh, then you mm. can go on and, and go to some other plan. And by the way, if this comes into uh, into play, people. You're going to have government insurance. It's going to be you. If you're listening to the sound of my voice just, in America, it, it, in, in America, it's you just figure it. I mean, look at how many kids are homeschooled and uh, private schooled. One percent, two percent. I certainly don't know the numbers, but it's I'm, not a lot. I'm telling you, it's not double digits. So y- you, your family, your parents, everybody you love is going to have government insurance. Mm-hmm. How about this one? Employers must pay for uh, full-time and part-time employees and their families. Yeah. Well, they they supposedly will have some exemptions for certain small employers. I'm not sure what the numbers are. Will the the cutoff as far as how many employees will define what a small business is? But right. Well, well these are all Twitter entries, so they're kind of abbreviated and somewhat hard to read. But. And let's not forget that uh, you know when the government decides that you have to have health insurance because the people that, uh, you know, because uh, hospitals aren't going to be able to run on nothing but government money. Currently, what hospitals are making money on is they're basically mm-hmm. taking uh, the, the loss that they take on Medicare and Medicaid patients and they're passing it on to the, the, the patients. Cash customers. Yeah, the, the cash customers. The insurance customers. That's that a great along. point. We haven't even talked about what will happen to the hospitals. The hospitals the same are going to be government owned. They'll, they'll, they'll be going out of business and then there'll be the great hospital bailout or whatever and then before and then it'll be just like with the car companies most likely i mean if if past performance is any indicator of what's going to happen in the future look to zombie the, hospitals yeah look to the gov- look to the government takeover of gm and bank of america and these other financial institutions that are getting uh, taxpayer dollars funneled to them in return for ownership stakes that's what's happening with those other those other businesses, and it's going to happen to the hospitals. If the hospitals are not not able to make uh, ends meet, 
they're going to come to the government and say, look, you did this to us. Now, now help us out. Sure, we'll help you out. Oh, we really appreciate your hospital. Here, have a few million dollars. And don't forget to sign this part of the agreement here that says that we'll be able to take part ownership of the building after you, know, you don't. Pay, pay us the, back. You can't pay the, uh, the the amount. You know, and that's what happened with the with the auto bailout. That's it's exactly what's going to happen along the way. And so, the first, it'll be partial ownership of the yeah. hospitals, and then it'll be full on ownership. This isn't an overnight thing. It's going to take some time. And but the, the steps are very obvious. It seems very crystal clear to me where this is going. I hope I'm wrong. I hope none of this actually transpires. But maybe maybe this is one of those things that Americans need to uh, snap them out of their slumber. Or maybe it won't do a darn thing. There's a pretty as long list. Waking people up. Yeah, I'm sorry. There's a pretty long list here, but if you go to the economicpolicyjournal.com, it's a blog, and go to July 20th's uh, entry, it's called Shock Inside the Healthcare Bill, and there's a whole list, and they're pretty appalling, if not scary, some of these provisions. Well, the, the Washington Times also outlines uh, the, euth- the euthanasia mandate that's in this. Um, hmm. You know, it gives the, uh, the doctors the right to give. Orders on who lives and who dies. Now, I don't know exactly what this order means, but order sounds like a scary term to me. Yeah. The, the, the government will appoint, uh, um, will appoint which doctors get to give, uh, you know, death orders. Oh, Terminate swell. him, please. Yes. Eugenics is alive and well in America, people. Wow. 800-259-9231. If you are too much of a user of the healthcare system, maybe you'll be terminated. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Just dial the toll-free number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features. We give them to you, including the Shrine of Female Listeners. Dozens of ladies have sent us their picture. It's all there free. Lady listeners, uh, you can learn how to submit your picture or video to the Shrine at shrine.freetalklive.com. I've been taking a, a new vitamin. It's called Choose for Health Super Fruit Complex. It, yeah, uh, Tastes like a, a sweet tart that's particularly a tart. It's, a, it's sort of a juiced-up sweet tart. It's got no salt, no uh, artificial sweeteners or flavors. Um, you know, it's, it's full of vitamins and fruits, and it's, it's actually kind of a food-slash-vitamin. So uh, you can check it out at choose, uh, excuse me, orderchoose.com. That's orderchoose.com, and they have a special uh, offer right now. If you call right now, you'll receive a one-week free trial, and all you have to do is pay for the shipping and handling. It's 1-800-219-8874. That's 800-219-8874. It's orderchoose.com. Sounds like a sweet deal. All right, 800-259-9231 is our number. Let's go to Scott in Canada. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Scott. Hi, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, you're talking about health care, and I thought I'd just give uh, your listeners a quick glimpse of our wonderful Canadian socialist government-run health care. Yeah, please. Um, yeah, and, you know, it's no story that you haven't heard before, but this is my, my co-worker, someone I work with every day very closely. Mm-hmm. And uh, she has had trouble with her vision for quite some time, not sure what was going on. So uh, she had to wait six months to get an MRI to find out what was going on. Okay, wow. Yeah. Six That's months. Just get the test. Six months, yeah. 
And when she finally got the test, they discovered a tumor on her uh, pituitary gland. Now, uh, just it's my understanding that tumors in many cases can get larger over time. So in that six-month period, uh, it's very well possible that that tumor could have grown, right? It's, it's possible, yes. They, uh, in her case, it has turned out to be a non-cancerous tumor, which was lucky. Yeah, her. goodness. Uh, but now she has to see someone that specializes into the pituitary. I can't even say it right. Pituitary. 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 Glad, yeah. So now she has to wait another five months to see this fellow a specialist wow. to find out what to do. So that's almost a year just to find out what to do. My so if goodness. that's what you want, go ahead and get that government-run health care. You know, and <laughs> the thing is, is if you don't like how your health care is being handled now by the insurance company, and there are a lot of people, and I totally understand, the insurance companies suck. Yeah, yeah. And they're the way they are because of government interference up until this point. But if you don't like it, you can always go get another insurance company. And, however, when you're dealing with the government, you can't always go get another insurance company because they're the only one. You'll have to yep. pay extreme rates to, um, if you know, over time. You'll have to expa- pay extreme rates to get uh, insurance, and then at some point, they're li- liable to just die off. If you don't like your doctor in the government system, good luck getting another one. Yeah, they'll there be assigned. Are, the, the wait, sorry, the, the wait time for family doctors uh, where I live, uh, you, you just don't get them. It's <laughs> very rare. Uh, most doctors don't take new patients because they're just overloaded. There's mm-hmm. not enough doctors here. Because I, I guess they just don't want to practice here because, right. you know, you can speculate as to why. Well, because they're uh, not making any freaking money. If all they have to do is go to medical school in Canada, then they can transfer to the United States and, um, you know, make a buttload of money. And, and, well, it's not just about money. It's also about being able to help people. And they're also just hamstrung by the system that won't allow them to do things outside of uh, certain parameters. So, <laughs> you know, do you want to be able to run the business the way you want to run it or the way your bosses in the state tell you? I don't want to run for. Uh, I don't want to work for somebody that it's a bureaucrat. A I don't blame these doctors, doctors for not either. Go ahead. I was just going to say uh, a lot of new doctors, people that have new practices, come from out of the country, uh, Africa, India. Hmm. Um, they come here. They have to do some work to to qualify to practice here. I don't know exactly what it is, but uh, often um, most of the, the new people, like I said, are from uh, other countries because the Canadians that that set up shop. They, they might move around to other areas to try to find something better, or they, they go to the U.S. in a lot of cases. Why are the people from other countries coming to Canada? Because it stinks uh, well, in I their guess, country. Uh, we, because they're trying to recruit doctors, so we make it easier for them to immigrate here. I, I'm just speculating. I don't know for sure. Um, but, they can pay uh, more for here's, perhaps here's than they the might reason. make. Because um, the answer is with socialism, you uh, at some point the problem with socialism is at some point you run out of other people's money. Canada built having a free freeish market um, throughout history has built a, and having a good work ethic managed to build a good deal of wealth. Whereas a lot of the colonialized countries, because they were stripped of their wealth and it was sent to the uh, the empire country, mm-hmm. and basically they just came out of colonialism in the early 60s, those countries haven't built wealth and they. They don't have a system where, and uh, you know, to, to build that wealth. So the the people that are driven in those countries to you know say become a doctor will do their studying there. Then they'll go to Canada where they can use the socialized system to strip money from uh, you know the working people. And but you know there's there's so much more money to strip still. So there's you know, there's more money to be had as a doctor in Canada than there is in uh, yeah. Zimbabwe. And the government right. actively recruits people from other countries to come here to practice medicine. 
Um, and sometimes we'll set them up with deals. Like if you want to go to a, a northern town where there's a small population sort of isolated, you might get uh, your housing paid for and mm. things like this as an incentive to go up there and you say – you agree to go there for two years, and then you can move on from there. So uh, a lot of places, the doctors only stay for a couple of years. That's mostly in, in the more northern uh, remote regions. That's, that's an interesting point, too. If that's yeah. what's happening is doctors are shuffling around, how yeah. is anybody supposed to know their patients? I mean, a lot of uh, doctors in, in this country, as I understand it, stick with their patients for lifetimes in some cases. They found a place that they want to live, and they want to set up their practice, and they want to continue doing that there in that location. They get to to know their patients, their patients are, you know, their their clients, and maybe even in some cases uh, close to friends, and and they certainly know what their maladies are and what is affecting them. But if they are shuffling around every two or three years, then you don't get to know anybody. You're just in and out like a a part of a machine. It's sick. Well, it's also le- less efficient because the doctor really doesn't know your background, and for him, he or she to know that they've got to spend time which they don't have. So it degrades the quality of the mm-hmm. system. And the doctors say about 30 years ago, when they settled, they tend to stay in an area for a long time. But what I've noticed in the past 10, 15 years, if a doctor's new, like I said, from a foreign country, they'll stay in a place for a couple of years and move around for a couple of years because they don't really have those roots in those communities because they're, right. they're just new, right? Uh, whereas, like, I had a family doctor growing up, and that was my doctor all through my life until I retired. Um, but it doesn't seem that it's more transient nowadays. It seems, of course, I could totally be generalizing. Well, I am generalizing, so I don't know exactly how accurate I am, but that's just my perception of of kind of what's been going on. But yeah. the town I grew up in, 7,000 people, They right now I think they only have one doctor for 7,000 people. Seems uh, not a lot. See, uh, yeah, it, it seems like uh, you know not not enough doctors. Not not enough yeah. doctor. Sounds like a tired doctor that doesn't give good care because <laughs> he's exhausted all the time. Wow. Yeah. Any other th- uh, anything else you want to share about the Canadian dismal socialized <laughs> healthcare system? It, there's good and there's bad, but uh, don't do it, folks. Thank you for the call and the recommendations. Appreciate hearing from you, Scott. 800-259-9231. Back to the email from Barack Obama saying it's time to fix the insurance system. And he says that means that you'll get eight basic consumer protections. No discrimination for pre-existing conditions. That alone is going to drastically increase the costs on these insurance companies. They're forced to accept everybody that walks through their door, no matter what their condition that's going to do a whole lot to their overhead and and probably kill them, as you were suggesting, Wayne, in a matter of a couple years. It won't take long. Also, they're promising no exorbitant out-of-pocket expenses, deductibles, or co-pays. Now, I don't know what they consider an exorbitant deductible. We don't have the numbers here. But what they're saying is basically that uh, they're they're wanting to cut them down. Whatever the deductibles are currently in the marketplace today, the government wants to come in and mandate that they be lower. And, of course, a deductible is what you pay uh, up to before the coverage starts to kick in. So if you get into some sort of minor scrape and it only costs you X hundred dollars and your deductible is more than X hundred, then you have to pay all of that out of pocket. And so that's, of course, a big complaint about from people from people about health care insurance is that, well, they don't want to have to pay these deductibles. It's not fair that they have to pay these deductibles. So government's going to come in and mandate that they don't have to pay the deductibles anymore. Now, what will that do? Increase the costs for the businesses again. Sure, the deductible's purpose is to keep people from, uh, you know, going to the the hospital for every, uh, you know, the doctor or whatever for every little sniffle. Right. And, uh, you know, the more... <laughs> for a Band-Aid. So, therefore, get, you know, bringing down the deductible, then people are more likely to go, and that's only going to increase the burden of health care because it's going to take up the time of the doctors with uh, silly, uh, silly things silly rather than dealing with the uh, actual patients. And what will that do for the availability of health care? 
it'll probably decline. They'll be yeah, they'll be uh, overused, uh, very high demand. There's more here about the promises, the promises. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Maybe you want to tell us about health care in your country. We are an internationally listened to program. And, of course, the United States federal government is looking at a brand new program where they will be forcing all Americans to have health insurance. Now, whether they buy it from a health insurance company that is currently existing or they buy it from the brand-new government-run health insurance program, that will be up to them, at least for now. Down the line, of course, because of the incredible cost of what the government will be forcing upon the insurance companies, they're likely going to go out of business, and their customers will then be transferred over to the government-run insurance company. And at that point, the transition will be pretty much complete to a truly... 100% 100% government-run healthcare system. Yeah, they still have to take over the hospitals, and, and that will happen probably at the same time as the takeover of the insurance company's uh, customers. So uh, you're welcome to chime in here with your perspective. Maybe you live in another country and you know what's coming. You can, you've seen it all before, and you can share uh, your perspective on this or your, just your thoughts, even if you are here in the United States, on what's coming next. 800-259-9231. Wayne, did you have something you wanted to add in uh, here to this discussion? Well, I also think that there's, there could be a move to mandate certain vaccinations for everybody. You're seeing that in the, the list of I, I've been hearing rumbling, rumblings of it. I saw it somewhere, but that's something... Why that- wouldn't they do that? I mean, well, yeah. exactly. if you want coverage, if you want us to take care of you, then you have to do as we say. That's what the well, that's what they do with schools. They say you can't send your kid to school unless they've you know been vaccinated. And right. I think that uh, it it seems to me I may be wrong on this, but uh, it seems to me that vaccinations have probably probably work on the vast majority of people and probably have gotten rid of things like measles and chickenpox and um, stuff like that. But it's at what cost? I mean, some people are allergic to vaccinations. I know because I'm allergic to the uh, the flu vaccination. The two two times that I've had the flu shot, I've been the sickest I've ever been in my life. So, you know, and I would assume that my child is you know, at least has some propensity for. It's all right if you die, Mark. It's right. one less person for them to take care of. Sure, and that's the thing is they're just pl- they're just playing ro- um, dice games there. Uh, you know, I mean, how many people are you willing to lose in order to? to they're save? just numbers to them. Yep, you're a worthless eater, Mark. All right. All right. So, yeah, that's certainly a very real possibility, and it's going to just get—it's just going to keep getting more oppressive over time. Before you know it, they're going to be regulating what kind of fast food can even be sold, let alone whether or not you can buy it or whether you'll get health coverage if you—if you aren't behaving in the way that they deem appropriate. And before you know it, maybe there will be some sort of mandatory uh, exercise program. Oh, citizen, I see that you didn't show up to your exercise classes this week, or you didn't do your requ- uh, your required jumping jacks, so I'm afraid we're just going to have to deny you this coverage. It's going to get pretty expensive paying all these people to watch everybody, too. Well, it's it's a program that inevitably just can't... The government can't possibly last forever. With uh, the, its current size, its current intrusiveness, and the what the, the plans they have for the future... How long this will all go on for before it all comes crumbling down? Because this isn't the only place they'll be spending money. They'll be spending your money in all kinds of other areas at the same time, like blowing people up around the world as they currently are. So they'll continue warmongering and destroying Mm -hmm. around the world, making more people around the world hate Americans and more conflict likely there, which will, of course, increase costs. The health care costs are going to drastically increase, and all of the other government programs sure as hell aren't going to get cut back. 
And you can bet that, as we talked about earlier in the show, about the possible economic collapse that may be coming, if that does happen, the war tensions could be escalated to distract the public and to maybe uh, make some of these countries come back into line and keep using dollars. So let's continue the email from Barack Obama. He's talking about all the the new protections they're going to put in for you and your family. Goody. Just make sure that you guys are kept taken care of here. That's what government does best. It takes you know, care of people. And this is this is how hucksters work. They'll make all kinds of promises in the beginning and then whenever they feel like it, once the government's got its foot in the door and um as far as a uh, you know single payer healthcare. Oh, sorry. It doesn't matter yeah. if they change how they're going to do this. No. There's no such thing as protections. Look at the constitution. Has that protected us against when the government decides it doesn't want to follow it? Don't worry, Mark. This time it's different. Yeah. This time they're serious. This and time, well, you know, this this time, just like every other time, the American people and, and honestly, people worldwide are going to be gullible enough to believe this crap. They're going to dangle enough things in front of them that they're going to say, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I, I want to have that," and then they're going to get, get ripped on their own off again, yep. again, and again, and again. No cost sharing for preventative care, he says. Uh, so no discrimination for pre-existing conditions. No exorbitant out-of-pocket expenses, deductibles, or co-pays. No cost sharing for preventative care. Now I don't know a whole lot about uh, health insurance programs, but I can say that it's it's my interpretation here. And please tell me if I'm incorrect about this. That in some health insurance programs, they'll they'll share the cost of you going and and purchasing whatever products or services you need to like a, a colon checkup or colonoscopy. Uh, as men are supposed to allegedly have in their mid-30s, right? This is one of those preventative care things. That's I thought it was gener- 40. It's 40, Whatever. Yeah. I heard it was mid-30s. Anyway. You're uh, just, you're just uh, in a hurry to I'm get sure there. the colonoscopists are very interested in uh, you know, having you come in in your mid-30s if you, if you, you, know, if you do. Sure, why not? It means more money for them. Especially the ones uh, who like diddling you. But the, uh, the idea there is that uh, if you get this preventative care, it will lower the costs of whatever's coming next. If you see something coming in the future, it can be dealt with early on, like with a, a car. If you notice something's clunking, it's a good idea to check it out before it becomes uh, a, a worse problem. This is the point of preventative care. And so I guess some health insurance companies have offered a bit of an incentive to people to get them out there and checking up on themselves by saying, hey, we'll cover some, you know, cover some of these costs. But now there will be no more cost sharing. So I guess the burden will be completely on the insurance company to pay for all of the preventative care. So, again, dramatically increasing the amount of money these insurance companies are going to have to spend to even just stay uh, just to tread water. Says also no dropping of coverage if you become seriously ill, no gender discrimination, no annual or lifetime caps on coverage. So when you buy a health care uh, co- coverage currently, they may say that, well, we'll cover you up to $20 million or whatever. Now that's going to be infinity, apparently. So whatever your costs are, however much you're, you're costing these companies, they're going to have to shell out. So it will not be long before they are out of business. Can't people see this coming? And also, the, all the hospitals that close are not going to be taken over by the government. Some will be closed completely, so there will be less hospitals and less hospital beds, ultimately. Yeah, there probably will just be one hospital in any given geographic zone that, uh, that you'll be able to go to. Like the VA. No annual or lifetime caps. Extended coverage for young adults. What's that supposed to mean? Extended well, well, that Maybe the young people get preferential treatment and better treatment than the older people. That's I mean, what they do in other countries. Have seen, yeah. I don't medicine, know why yeah. they would say that um, in their, uh, you know, their, their little, uh, you know, <laughs> deal here. I don't know why they would try to uh, sell that because that's silly. But 
you know, obviously it behooves the government to keep people alive so that they can keep the machine going. But once you have uh, gotten to the point where you're, uh, you know, not as valuable to the system, to the government, by your, you know, your value generation, it's time for you to go and, you know, pass on your money to the next generation. Oh, and don't forget that uh, estate tax that's going to give you half of your belongings to the government. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) it's in the government's interest to kill you off once you don't, uh, you you are no longer a valuable. Yeah, and, and I that, don't know what to, at what point uh, you know people cease to be as valuable. I don't know, but they're going to figure it depends out. Depends on how politically connected they are, probably. Yeah, true. And true. look at the demographic train wreck we're approaching with the baby boom generation that's going to be retiring, and they don't have the money to pay them because there's just a big filing cabinet full of IOU slips. And where's this money going to come from to pay for their health care and to pay for the retirement? It's not there. So isn't even though this sounds sinister, if you put yourself in their position, they know they don't have the money to pay these people. So denying the medical care could reduce their numbers, couldn't it? Sure could. And finally, here's the uh, the number eight. Their consumer protection. They'll be forcing down the insurance company's throats. Guaranteed insurance renewal so long as your premiums are paid. So as long as you pay the, the bills, which they'll force you to. If you don't, they'll take it from your paycheck. Uh, as long as you pay the bills, then you will have your health insurance coverage for life. Well, at least the life of the health insurance company, because once they go out of business, then you'll be you're, you'll be insured by the government insurance program, and then they'll give you insurance when they damn well feel like giving you the insurance. They'll give you the, the coverage when you've qualified for the coverage. And what will those qualifications be? We don't know at this point. They haven't put those requirements into play but that's what's coming down the line that's when they'll start to determine what is and what is a healthy american and what isn't a healthy american are you a healthy american make sure you're doing your sit-ups today and make sure that you've taken your uh, your government issued vitamins and who knows where this could go it'll go into the land of madness pretty soon it, as though this isn't we aren't already there i mean you've yeah. got the government's food pyramid out there right. telling people and i'm not saying it's wrong but it's telling people it how to eat and, and, well, they changed it. How to live. Yeah, well, it, they, is. It, it was upside down. No, it was, it was right side up, and now it's upside down, and they've completely <laughs> and fruits, changed it. And, and, fruit, and fruits and vegetables were together. Now they're separate. It's, it's so very interesting. That's an admission that it was wrong before. It's Who wrong, thinks it's yeah. right now? 800-259-9231. If you're getting your advice on what you should put in your body from the state, you need to really take another look at that. Hour number three <laughs> is coming up. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's hour number three. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. We go right into your phone calls about whatever is on your mind. We'll go first to William, listening in Colorado on the Ampline. Hello, William. How you doing? 
Hey, you're on the air. Uh, What's on your mind? Yes, uh, I was given uh, Sharon Akram's name uh, for my civil right violations. Uh, basically, what's going on is uh, I was court-appointed uh, an attorney, and uh, then I went to see him, uh, and uh, I, I asked him if they could, if I could question my witnesses, because uh, I had the right to question witnesses mm-hmm. and find out what's going, what they were saying before I go to trial. And uh, my attorney, my court-appointed attorney, told me I didn't have that right. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I was like, well, you got to be kidding me. Uh, and I was like, well, I have the right to an attorney. I have the right to question my witnesses. I have the right to a trial by jury. And uh, I just felt like my counsel couldn't give me uh, an effective legal defense. Sure, that, he works. And, that's this is typical of people that have encountered the government's defenders, uh, the public defenders. Even if they want to give you a good defense, they're usually loaded down with cases. They have way more cases than they could possibly ever really focus on any of them for a significant uh, time period, and uh, they just don't have the motivation that a, a regular lawyer would to kind of see this through and make sure they do a good job. And some of them are just out and out working. Uh, I think there's a range of public defenders. I think some of them really want to do the best they can for their clients, and some of them just want to funnel people through the system. Some of them are just working hand-in-hand with the state, doing everything they can to just turn you into a, a plea bargain. Yeah, Most so they're, they're essentially rationing their medical, their, their legal advice because they don't sure. want to get it into those things because then it will take longer and they don't have the time. Yeah, you, 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 exactly. If, uh, if you want to call witnesses, that means more work for the attorney. And so he may he may even be lying to you. It seems to me that if you've got a, a court trial, you can call witnesses. Uh, it's one of those no-brainers. But if he's saying that you can't, I don't know if I'd believe him. And there's probably no punishment that will happen to him if he's found to be lying. If you if you check the court rules and you find out that indeed you can call witnesses, that you have to submit a witness list seven days in advance or something like that, uh, you could you could hold his feet to the flames. But it's very unlikely that anything would ever be done as far as punishing this guy. He works for the state. That means he's probably protected. Actually, uh, there's more. Uh, the case was the case was dismissed. It's already been. Uh, Past six months, uh, it's it's past the, the statute limitations, and they're still trying to bring me to trial. And um, I was sent a letter that the case was dismissed and closed with prejudice. And mm-hmm. I told the attorney that, and they were like, "Well, we can dismiss some of the charges, but then we have to take you to court on the rest of the charges." And I'm like, well, "Wait a minute! All the charges were dismissed with prejudice." And I have a letter to that effect. Why are you putting me in trouble when the other parties have no merit on this case? Uh, now, I was well, given the charges at a scheduled doctor's appointment, and I had there were some police officers that showed up at my doctor's appointment, started harassing me, mm-hmm. gave me two tickets, and that was a scheduled doctor's appointment. Now, they harassed me in there, uh, took me away on... Uh, a warrant they did not have when I asked them for the warrant. They had no judge's signature on a warrant. They couldn't show me a nice. warrant. And uh, then the lady uh, secretary at the doctor's office asked asked them to leave, that they were harassing me and to leave the doctor's office. Now, when I went to see this attorney, because I felt like I was unlawfully detained because they took me away 
for my appointment and made me late to my appointment at mm-hmm. the doctor's office, kept me for like 30 minutes, um, and then brought me back. Uh, then I realized that, that there wasn't something right. And that's why I decided to So I'm a little confused on the, uh, on the timeline here. The cops came to you with these tickets after the charges had been dropped, or when, when did that happen? I'm, I'm confused. Before. This, this all happened on uh, okay. 120. Uh, of okay, I don't 10, need all those 15, details, but but yeah, so 10, so you say yeah. so you say that you've got a letter from the court or from the prosecutor that says that the charges have been dropped. Uh, I got a uh, a letter from the deputy clerk from the municipal court uh, on the the misdemeanor charges that so, they were trying to charge me with. So That's the judge, right? So why and is it, it that? Dismissed. How is it that you can show that to the uh, the attorney and he's telling you that they're still on? That seems very uh, your disconnected. Def- your attorney, the defense attorney. Yeah, right. That's that's why I'm calling this line because I felt like like they're wasting taxpayer money uh, and trying to put me in trouble over something that's already been dismissed so, and closed with prejudice. I, I don't understand how uh, this is very confusing to me. So you've confirmed with the court then, this is a their document, they sent it to you, therefore, if the court has canceled all these charges, or dropped these charges, there should be no trial scheduled, there should be no date scheduled, so why are you even talking to the lawyer at this point? Right, exactly, and that's that's why I called, because what they did is they took it, they took the dismissed with prejudice closed case, uh, and they brought it to a county court. And then they were telling me, oh, we've got to prosecute you over these charges, but yeah, we have to, to, to dismiss some of them. And so, so then the, I was so like, the oh, charges have, so the charges have been moved to a new court? Yeah, yeah, the same charges. So the one, the municipal court dropped, the, so the municipal court dropped the charges, and then a different court has picked up the charges? Is that what I'm understanding? The, the same charges, yes. Yeah, that is, uh, that is a mess. I, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know. How did you get this phone number? Uh, I was I went onto your your chat line at that free website, and free I website. talked to uh, a couple individuals there, and they told me to talk to Sharon Ankrom. Yeah, that's Ivy. Uh, that's, she's uh, she's a, a Free State Project member. We talked about her earlier on the show tonight, and they gave you so so somebody in a chat room gave you this phone number. Yeah, so they heard my my. Uh, uh, statements made on the the chat the free chat section there. Yeah. Uh, they said, well. And what they was the website you were on? Just I'm curious. What's the website? Do you know? Uh, let's see. It said uh, free uh, free chat for the radio show. So okay. it's your radio show, but yeah. it was a chat. Section. Free talk. Free talk live. Okay. Very good. Right, well, right. you know, I I'm not a lawyer, and uh, none of us on the show are lawyers. Uh, but obviously, talking to a lawyer might be a way to help this situation out. I don't know what kind of money you have. Obviously, lawyers aren't cheap. Um, but usually you can go in and you can sit down and they'll consult with you for free and you can get at least a little bit of information uh, and maybe some ideas uh, from from consulting with a with an attorney. That would be one way to go on this. Uh, otherwise, I don't know what else to tell you guys. Any uh, any ideas for this, this gentleman? I, 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 well, that's that's another issue is that uh, the attorneys here in my state are telling me they can't help me and I've already paid 25 of them retainers. Twenty-five retainers. Wait, wait, wait! Did you yeah. say twenty-five retainers? Yes, over five thousand dollars. What's this? I missed that part. I'm he sorry. says he's paid twenty-five attorneys retainers, and they say they can't help. Well, then get your right. retainers back. Oh no, they won't give it to me back. And so I went to the attorney regulation uh, for the Supreme Court in Colorado Springs, Colorado, 
And that's when I requested a hearing to get my fees back, costs and fees, and uh, they wouldn't respond. Well, I'm sorry to hear about that. But Welcome to the uh, um, yeah. That's the attorney. Yeah, like that's the uh, that's the attorney's racket uh, that they've got going on. It sounds like you've encountered uh, where they're they're basically protecting one another, like the police kind of protect one another, sort of you know like a brotherhood kind of fashion. And in many cases, you'll find that if a case is too controversial, the attorneys won't touch it. Uh, a lot of them are too cowardly to take on controversial cases because it could make them look bad in front of judges that they otherwise would have to uh, consort with in some way, perhaps on a personal basis or certainly in a business way. I wish you the best of luck, and I, uh, I thank you for the call. I don't know what else I can do besides say, you know, But that, find that's not, yeah. there's, there's more. I, I lost my eight years of income, and my heart failed, and I have kidney failure now. I'm going to die because I can't get an attorney. That's a bummer. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Sounded a little bit unbelievable there to, uh, toward the very end, but... I suppose it's happened to someone. If that's the situation he's in, uh, maybe you should leave town. That might be an option. Get the hell out of there. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 800-259-9231, and it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features, we give them away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com, features including the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, they're right there on the front page, going back an entire year, completely free at freetalklive.com. That's freetalklive.com. RepublicMagazine.tv. Are you missing out the real news on the real news? Get informed and stay informed with Republic Magazine. You can get your free digital copy now or order a print subscription at RepublicMagazine.tv. It's RepublicMagazine.tv or you can call 800-873-1620. It's 800-873-1620. RepublicMagazine.tv. We continue taking your phone calls about anything. We go to Xander in Illinois on the amp line. Hey, Xander. Hey, thanks for taking my call. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, actually, I have more of a hypothetical question. I, I'd say I'm like mostly on board for liberty and, and and everything that goes for it, but there's still like some a few issues I have work out to work out. Sure, I, I think we've all mind. been there. I think we've all had our uh, initial objections. And what are yours? Go ahead. Oh, uh, okay. But uh, basically, one of them is like the question of like what it comes down to, like for, uh, like, property rights when it comes to, like, making your own laws and whatnot. Because I know a lot of people out there have, like, a lot of money, basically, and could buy up a a really big part of land. And I I know everyone goes into, like, a contract, uh, how you say, uh, on your own volition, Mm -hmm. but uh, voluntarily. But uh, what what, 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 – I mean, one thing I was – wondering about was uh, back when there was that compound situation. Like when you're born into something like that where, say, one wouldn't agree with the laws of the land, you know, and you're born into that situation, let's say they would, like, outlaw homosexuality where you could be put in prison for that or... Like, it's a good question. Like, yeah, it's a great question. Like I absolutely, I'm with you. Great question. What about oppressive people creating oppressive rules within their free market, right? Because some people have said that uh, free markets could be more restrictive in some cases than what we currently have today, and you but, could certainly. But, th- but then you're free to leave. 
Well, but that's not what he's saying. He's saying you're born into this, Wayne. So right. if you if you're in a ultra religious area where you're kind of in this theocratic, uh, they they're shoving their morals down everyone's throat, uh, and everybody's moved there voluntarily to say exclude people that they don't like for whatever reason. So you've got this this very exclusive group of uh, very religious people. You end up getting born there, and uh, you're born as a gay man, and you obviously are going to keep that as as quiet as possible. As, as you're growing up, you'll learn that you will not be liked very much. But you can still leave. You presumably will be able to make your escape uh, at some point. But what right. you're saying is, well, what if you find out? What if it's found out before you get a chance to leave that uh, that you're a gay person and then you'll be imprisoned and you know awful torture will happen or whatever? That's basically your question, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm using the gay thing as an example, but it could be a lot of different laws. Sure, like it could. That. Sure. But yeah, um, that's pretty much the question. Yeah. I think I think Wayne's point is generally uh, is generally the answer, and that is that you can leave and find somewhere else to go where you will be appreciated. There will be in a free market world, uh, there will be places where tolerant people like myself live uh, that appreciate people sure. because they're human beings and uh, don't care about what their sexual preferences are, or what color their hair is, or their skin is, and that sort of thing. So so getting out, I think would be the goal for most of these people. How difficult that would be is a good question. Right now, there are people that are trapped in North Korea, and there's very little that uh, that we can do about that. So what you're proposing is it exists today, right? I mean, it exists today with the governments that we have on a mass scale. It exists today on a scale uh, that affects millions and millions of people. What uh, the voluntary society is, uh, one of the ideas is that people would interact with one another on a consensual basis, and so that, that therefore we won't, wouldn't need this right. overarching monolithic governmental structure to impose bad ideas on everybody all across the board. Does that mean that there won't be small pockets of bad ideas still remaining in the world? No, that's not what it's, certainly that's a very realistic possibility. And so then the question becomes, well, what sort of market-based innovations could pop up to help out these people that are in these undesirable situations? You've got already uh, churches and things like that that do mission trips around the world that uh, try to help people in undesirable circumstances. Also, as a real-life example of something that's very similar to what you described happening right now, even within this um, monolithic government structure, go no further than the uh, the weird religious sects out in Arizona and Utah. There are these folks yeah. that live out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, the, getting to these locations is very difficult. Getting out of them is certainly not easy either. And they are very repressive, very twisted, very bizarre. And these kids that are uh, raised in these areas don't... It's like the Truman Show. They don't realize that there's something else out there. It's like Pleasantville. You know, they were told that this is what life is and that anything else they experience is evil or of the devil or something like that. So just stay here within the confines of our little... Uh, our little sect, our enclave here, and, and never leave. Well, some people are able to get out of those situations, and when they get out, many of them turn around and dedicate their lives to helping other people get out as well. Does that mean they may be trespassing uh, in order to uh, to help people uh, help rescue people from these places? I don't know what their tactics uh, are are involving. I'm not sure about that. But once you've gotten somebody out 
from those areas, you've successfully rescued them, it may be very difficult for them to make a case in arbitration courts that are in other more tolerating uh, societies. So I think that the marketplace can handle those situations much better than what we currently have today, where the government pretty much yeah. doesn't touch those folks. They run the governments in those areas, so they're completely established. <laughs> Yeah, so, you got a point there, actually. I so I hope that answers your question. That's happening right now. Right. The idea is is that uh, liberty works. Uh, that mm-hmm. that's our belief here. I, you know, I I believe that liberty mm-hmm. works, and it's not perfect. Right. right. It's not perfect. The, you know, the ideas that, of tolerance. I believe that works too. The idea is that you you know the people are are valuable because of you know what they do in the community, not how they you know that, what their preferences are or whatever the reason, their skull, color, their skin. And I would like to see communities where you know that, that we can compete and uh, see what works and what doesn't. Because you know, I mean, the fact is there are people out there now that uh, <laughs> that don't like people for the color of their skin or for their sexual practices, for their religion or whatever it is. Do you feel like we answered your question appropriately? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, thanks. Excellent. Anything else on your mind? Uh, actually, uh, just really quickly, wanted to let you know, guys. I don't know if anyone's ever brought it up before, but. There's a very popular uh, game out there right now called uh, Bioshock, and it's kind mm-hmm. of a counterpunch to Ayn Rand and, and almost Liberty, you know, in a sense. And I, it's a great game. I enjoyed it. It actually made me think a lot. But, uh, you know, it is kind of like saying, hey, this is, how, this is why Liberty would go wrong. But it, <laughs> it's not quite that harsh. But if, if you look it up, you kind of understand what I'm saying just by the introduction of the game. I'm actually... I work in the game industry, mm-hmm. and it would be nice to see more uh, like liberty, uh, yeah, uh, based or, or or motivating games out there. So I'm you know, just I heard that, that out there. I heard that Bioshock was uh, pro Ayn Rand. Ayn Rand. Mm, well, it, it it definitely goes. I, I guess I well, you could get the impression if you, if like for both ways. Actually, I've seen some. Uh, I guess that makes it a. Uh, Huh. It's open to interpretation. I, I've heard most people refer to it. Yeah, I, I've actually heard most people refer to it as being anti. But I've heard, I, I I've heard, uh, so. I've heard both. It's one of those things. Like it's a piece of art. People look at it and they see what they want to see. Right. Thank you for the call tonight. Yeah. I appreciate hearing from you. More is on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher quality archives free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just $3 per month at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show and you can bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800 259 9231, it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those, including the bulletin board system. You can get interactive there with a lot of posts. Over 450,000 posts await you. bbs.freetalklive.com. A couple thousand people are registered. Not sure how many of them actually post that's another question entirely but it's a lot of fun and it's free at bbs.freetalklive.com SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery it's really three companies in one they do collections early out billing and they purchase charged off receivables SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you their staff is respectful they record every call and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible you can see their banner at freetalklive.com at SACL CAI Toll free, 800-259-9231. 
So, uh, there has been some more de- uh, developing here in this controversy that's been bubbling up around the proposed topless protest here, or t- women's rights outreach, uh, here in the Keene, New Hampshire area. Of course, we've talked a lot about the Free State Project. The idea is to move thousands of liberty-minded people all together to the same place in order to get active for freedom. And one of the ways that is being discussed uh, to be active toward freedom is uh, for ladies and men to so a co-ed kind of event to go out in public and be topless men can do it there's no problem with that no man has ever been arrested for walking down the street with his breasts hanging out Uh, but uh, women on the other hand it's it's illegal it might be considered indecent Indecent exposure exposure if they go out and do that and uh, wayne just your reactions just initially after hearing that idea how do you feel about that particular event? Do I have to wear pasties? <laughs> no, but that would be an option. I mean, if if you weren't completely comfortable with going totally uh, bare-breasted, you could wear pasties, in which case it would be an interesting contrast. Would the police arrest the fully bare-breasted uh, woman, or would they arrest the woman uh, with the pasties over her nipples? I don't know. What, what do you, how do you feel, Wayne, as far as uh, would you support something like that? Would you uh, actively oppose it? Would you just kind of not pay any attention to it? It'd probably be the latter. I, I don't see what the big fuss is. People, I mean, they've been doing this in Brattleboro for how many years now? They've been they going can naked? be fully nude in Brattleboro. We're just talking about topless protests here. Yeah, well, I guess they're a little more conservative and keen than they are in Brattleboro, but I think it's much to do over nothing. If people want to go out... I mean, I saw the I saw a couple pictures I stumbled onto of, of a few women that had pasties on. I guess they're doing it to prove a point, right? Yeah, that they should be equal to men, that they should be able to... Walk around without their shirts on if men are able to to do that very same thing. It seems like a no brainer. Mark is even with me on this one. He thinks it's a he thinks it's a good idea. But some of the people within this movement have just been outraged by this. They believe that this uh, that if this goes forth, and right now it's only even in the discussion phases. There's not a date that's been nailed down. Nobody's really moving forward with the ball on this. It's just some talk on an internet forum. But it's generated so much controversy, it's become a real issue. We talked about it for the last two nights on the program, and I honestly wasn't going to address it tonight, but just before the show started, uh, Todd Barnett from uh, Liberty Cap Talk Live shot me over an email alerting me to, uh, I guess there's a, a closed libertarian discussion forum out there on the internet, on, a, on the Google groups, and you have to have special access in order to get into this thing. So n- not everybody can just go and look at this, but I guess Todd's uh, inside, or so he knows somebody who's in the loop, and they forwarded him an email from one of the Lou Rockwell bloggers, J.H. Hubert. Now, Mr. J.H. Uh, Hubert we have read at least one of his, I was looking at his list of articles that he's written for Lou Rockwell, and we've read at least one of them on the air before, so I'm sure he's a very principled, uh, liberty-oriented guy, and I, I, I recall enjoying his article enough to where I wanted to read it on this radio show, but this one I'm kind of sad to have to read here. It's, I hate libertarians. That's what it's called. This was his post, and it has everything to do, as you'll see here, with the keen New Hampshire-based activism. He says, okay, not all libertarians, just the ones in the Free State Project. Okay, not all libertarians in the Free State Project, just the ones in Keene, New Hampshire. Okay, probably not all of them, probably not most of them, just the ones I've noticed. For something I'm writing, I've been researching the Free State Project, and I think it's a brilliant idea with a lot of potential to work. The mastermind, Jason Sorens, appears to be a libertarian hero worthy of much praise. 
The whole thing is extremely well thought out, and the reasons for choosing New Hampshire as their state are excellent. When I read this stuff, it makes me want to pick up and move to New Hampshire. The only flaw with the project is that it requires the members of the libertarian movement to act like sensible, reasonable human beings, which is apparently asking too much. Overall, Why does it require that? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, like, what he's suggesting is that what we're doing is not sensible or, or reasonable. But I mean, he's, he's saying that the Free State Project requires that one act sensible and reasonable. I think what he means is that in order to have success within his prescribed political system, mm-hmm. that one must act a certain way. And that the people, the civil disobedience activists in Keene, uh, where we produce this show, are not acting in a way that he finds acceptable. And he'll uh, get to some very specific critiques here in a moment. Uh, so he says, overall, it seems like the FSP people, especially its leaders, are a are A-OK principled libertarians. I'd like to point out the Free State Project doesn't have leaders. It is a leaderless organization. It is a president of the Free State Project. Well, the organization itself has a board of directors, but they don't lead anybody. They don't tell, Wayne, did you have to check in with the uh, the board to let them know where you were moving and get their approval on that sort of thing and you know give them updates on what you're doing? No, sir. I never yeah. even told them I was coming. Exactly. So there is no leadership as far as the members of the Free State Project are concerned. Understandable mistake. He says, for all I know, they're all principled libertarians, or at least good enough for me ideologically. But in their approach, some of the people in Keene appear to be extremely foolish. The first and worst things are the Sam Dodson-type stunts, where you go to do something pointless that you know is likely to get you arrested. Now, isn't this gentleman, uh, he's a a law professor, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Now, I can understand why he might, uh, you know, the people that in the legal profession do have, they benefit from, from a closed legal legal system where sure. the, the public doesn't uh, you know have access to the legal system the legal system was originally uh, you know a person who was a lawyer basically was somebody who could read um, <laughs> and so over time essentially what they've done is lawyers have made what they write more and more difficult to read so the average person doesn't have the access to the legal system and, and it isn't able to defend themselves pro se and all that other stuff and but you know, and, and this just kind of goes to show the overarching uh, desire of those in the legal system to, you know, obscure things. But all Sam has ever done, and I think that it's really a hill for liberty activists to die on. I think that it's a, it's one that's worth pursuing and worth going to jail for. Is he's tried to film what's going on in the courts in Keene? Open courts. What's Open wrong access. with that? I mean. Here in Keene, now this gentleman stunt, doesn't know Mark. what's going on. It's a stunt. It's um, this. He he hasn't been here, so you know. Once again, we got somebody blabbing about something they don't know what they're talking about. But they've uh, they've they've outlawed cameras from the courtroom. You couldn't go in. You couldn't do it. They were dragging activists into a star chamber where they did, where they had no. You know, you you couldn't even see the trial going on. Mm-hmm. You know, we certainly didn't see black people attacking Rosa Parks for refusing to get off the the bus. I would think there might have been a few maybe. Who, who didn't want to make waves. Some and, Uncle and, Toms, maybe. Yeah, there's probably some who did that, but most supported her in, in what she did because it does take people to stand up to authority to to uh, change uh, things that that are intolerable. Well, this is just it. I I feel like this gentleman, and I've uh, I've emailed him uh, to invite him on the show to kind of flesh out this conversation. Obviously, it's going to be pretty one-sided with us just reading his email here. So we'll <laughs> flesh see. out the topless conversation. So we'll see here uh, if he re- if he responds to that, but. It seems to me, Wayne, that most of the people that I know, certainly I'm biased, I'm here in the Keene area, so clearly I'm surrounded by people that are 
uh, of this particular activist persuasion. But even at the uh, the Free State Project's own Porcupine Freedom Festival, Sam Dodson, the man in question here, who spent 58 days in a jail cell because he uh, recorded video in a public place, the court lobby, and then refused to or used his so-called right to remain silent, refused to give his name to his captors. Uh, he was he was very well received as the closing speaker of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which is an event that attracts people from all across the country, around the world, and all around New Hampshire. So it's not a keen event. And he was the closing speaker, got tremendous applause, major support. People were coming up to him all weekend thanking him for what he did. I feel like this uh, Hubert guy from Lou Rockwell is just another one of those guys up in his ivory tower saying, well, I think this is the way it should be done. Let me go write some more papers. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. We'll try to sneak your call in if you make it now at 800-259-9231. Toll free, 800-259-9231. Brought to you by SACL CAI. Tonight it is Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. So whatever it is you need to buy, whether it's brand new or used, they probably sell it at Amazon. So start your shopping at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com and get the stuff that you need. What if you found out that the best liberty activists from around the world were moving to the same place in order to achieve liberty in their lifetimes? Would you want to join them? It's happening and you can be a part of it. Join the Free State Project at FreeStateProject.org. That's FreeStateProject.org. But one man who will not be joining the Free State Project is J.H. Hubert. From LouRockwell.com. You don't know that. Um, That's I mean, true. I don't know that. But the fact he is, is I, you know, at one point, I think we've all had, uh, you know, our, our skepticism towards uh, civil disobedience and uh, market-based activism or outside-the-system activism. And, you know, the, the, the man is by nature a guy who writes. He's a college professor. I think that's going to make it difficult for him to uh, necessarily find a job. Is he a professor? I thought he was. I thought he was a law yep, professor. Yep, he is. Law professor. And, uh, award-winning make... writer, award-winning attorney, and law professor. You know, and I think the Free State Project needs people like that. And I think the Free State Project needs dissension. I think that it needs uh, people disagreeing on how we get to liberty. I think that competition is good. I believe in competition. And the idea that uh, that we're all going to do the same thing to get to liberty is, it, you know, it, it's just, it's it's pie in the sky. It's simply not going to happen. Well, maybe he doesn't want everybody to do the same thing, but he doesn't want people to do things he disagrees with. Well, so, <laughs> so me too. I, I want the world where people <laughs> do things that I don't disagree with. So we're reading a post that he in made. In everything. Uh, we're reading a post that he made on a, a a private internet forum that is leaked out at this point, saying that uh, he hates the activism going on in Keene, New Hampshire. And he first picks on our buddy Sam Dodson from the Obscured Truth Network, who had the courage to get himself arrested for recording video in a public court lobby, spent 58 days in jail over that, also refusing to give up his legal name to his captors. He says, this is Hubert uh, we're returning to here, he says... You don't just make an ass of yourself for no obvious reason, like pretending you don't understand a judge when he's speaking plain English to you. You know, that's a little dishonest, uh, Hubert, because judges aren't always speaking plain English. And I think you would know that as an attorney. I think you would know that the court uh, tends to speak in 
something that sounds like plain English, but in point of fact is actually legalese. It's actually a separate language uh, created by the legal profession in order to make everything more confusing for sure. people. Is a person a person or is a person a corporation? I don't know. And they yeah, don't you know, differentiate. Copy a Black's Law Dictionary if you right. want to figure it they, out. They don't, uh, they don't differentiate. Is the state... The, a group of people that live in a geographic area? Is it a landmass, or is it a group of people that uh, extort wealth by force? Now, I won't I'm not sure. I'm not going to besmirch all attorneys out there, all lawyers, I because know. I know some good ones, and I know some of them that are very liberty-oriented, but I also know that, uh, that it's my understanding, at least, that they take, a, they take an oath and they swear allegiance to the state, and most of them aren't willing to take significant risks with their career because the state or the bar association and all their this basically this kind of closed gr- group of good old boys is in control of whether or not they get to to have a future as a lawyer in that particular area and so i understand why uh, hubert is running cover for his profession here but i don't believe for a moment the judge is speaking plain english anyway he says typically the point of civil disobedience is to call the public's attention to an injustice but if an anarchist libertarian like me can't understand the point of your protest what is it going to teach anybody else uh, look i don't understand why he can't understand that uh, the the public needs to have open uh, an open court system uh, you know <laughs> that freedom of speech uh, freedom of the press should be pretty obvious that if uh, it's a public area the press should be allowed to uh, here here in new hampshire i don't know how it is in texas or wherever this gentleman is um here in new hampshire bloggers are considered the press to have the equal um you know equal standing as credentialed press don't you think that they should you ask well that's what the that's what the, um, the, the the judge said that's precedent well, it depends on which judge and where. You'll get different responses right. and wherever this you is go. How the, this is unfortunately how the law works because we don't actually have a nation of laws. We have a nation of men, of rule by men. Arbitrary and, rule. And they right. do whatever they want. And, I, you know, so that's what the purpose of this civil disobedience that Sam did was. He's, and so, therefore, it fits the criteria. I understand that sometimes civil disobedience can be frustrating. I find it frustrating the way that Sam uh, was at, you know, some of his videos was yelling at the bureaucrats. But... You know, in, in the the fact that he is willing to go to jail to be able to film in a in a courtroom, to me, that's what we need. And you get that. He says it's going to teach them that libertarians are lunatics, or at least extremely frivolous people who don't have any serious ideas that would actually improve their lives. Then there's their parking meter Robin Hood stunt, <laughs> where they go put money in people's parking meters and leave a note explaining that parking meters are unjust because people are forced to pay for parking spots through taxes. Then forced again to uh, forced to pay again when they actually want to use them. I don't know if that's what the note says. I, I, knowing Lauren Canario, who is the uh, one of the people that's behind the parking meter outreach here, I believe she posted her envelope that she she puts up on people's cars. And I don't recall all of that, uh, but then again, I don't have it in but front of me. But it's a true it. statement. It is. It is a true statement. I think that it's basically they're rescuing people from. It's kind of a, they've created this. We're re, we've rescued you from the king right. and his his ransom or whatever. And uh, so, we've saved what you from difference that. does it make? I mean, why is it bad? How many people are going to be upset? What Here's his of, ex- explanation. I'd, I'd love to hear it. He says uh, people may appreciate being spared the ticket a lot. But parking meters are one of the worst things that you could use to try to illustrate government injustice. It's a fact that the government owns streets and parking spaces. Well, 
any they they own it as much as any criminal gang ha- owns something that they stole money to purchase that something with. Well, they stole it a long time ago, and uh, I, I, you know the history is based on people stealing things and then having it for a long time. I mean, just look at the white people and versus the Indians, and uh, you know in in Cuba and in uh, you know uh, Hawaii, Israel. You pick it. Um, you know that that lends legitimacy over time. I agree that it may not be the best uh, the the best thing to show people liberty on however what difference does it make these it's are an some outreach people, project right these, these people go out and they they spend their time it's creating a, goodwill that's what it the is free that's what it is it's a public relations project right. first and foremost tell Number me what's one. bad about it you're helping people <laughs> avoid parking tickets they're putting money in people's meters when they've expired so they're they're helping people that are going to get ticketed because right. those sharks are out there ticketing people all day long here in, in Keene. and so when you get that envelope on your car it's appreciated. Yep. People have sent money in voluntarily with that envelope to the parking meter fund to help this happen for other people in the future. It creates it's goodwill, working. and hopefully that can counteract some of the, the, the bad will that might be created by uh, people that, that don't want to see court cameras in courtrooms. Somebody, or somebody living, standing up for that, at least. Somebody who lives in this kind of ivory academic tower, though, doesn't know about public relations. Right. Those people should be spending their time writing an essay on yeah. how roads need to be p- p- uh, private. Which he's done. He's done those things. I mean, he's got some great essays up oh, on, on Lou Rockwell. I, I'm not no saying doubt. he doesn't. I'm just saying that he's suggesting that that uh, maybe but, Lauren and Jim should be doing that right. instead. But the fact is, different people have different things to offer here in the Free State Project. Some people are going to be better at being politicians. Some people are going to be better at being academics. Some people are going to be, be be better and be motivated and be passionate about being civil disobedience. He says you can't expect people to do well what they're not interested in. He goes on, and there's a little bit left here. He says so. So given that we're stuck with government streets for the foreseeable future, we can have free parking and therefore parking shortages, or we can try to at least approximate a market. Of course, as they're showing their neighbors, libertarians prefer chaos. And you know what these people would do if the town took the parking meters away. They'd try to homestead a space permanently by plunking some junk car Absolutely or other big true. Absolutely object. true. I think he's talking about us, the activists. No, no, he's talking no, about... I, he is talking about that. Listen, he says they'd homestead a space permanently by plunking some junk car or other big object in a space. Then when the government tow truck came, they'd lie down in front of it, yelling about how they'd been oppressed, hoping to God they'd get tased and arrested so all their friends can see it on YouTube. Okay, well, his speculation's uh, out of uh, out of line. He doesn't know what's going to happen. He doesn't know who's here. But he doesn't know it what... It may very well happen. I, the government isn't going to get rid of the parking meters because two people or a, no. a handful of people go around putting and that's not quarters the purpose. in meters. That's not the purpose of no, that program. Not. The purpose, really, if you think about it, is to challenge people's assumptions, which might not necessarily be optimal. So there's a lot of assumptions. There assumptions people, about the the activists, you mean? The, the assumptions about the role of government. Yeah. The assumptions about a lot of things because the government's gotten so far out of control now and stepped overstepped their boundaries in so many areas, and, and a lot of people have come to accept it. And people like this, all they're doing is they're trying to raise public awareness that, well, you know, this is wrong. So he wraps up with uh, an assault on the topless protest idea. He says, now the latest is that some young women in Keene want to get topless in public to fight for the right to do that. He doesn't know their ages. Of course, I'm of two minds about this, but it's an idiotic cause because it's a fight over what you can do on public property. And there's no obvious reason why your desire to be topless should trump some other person's desire not to run into topless women when going about their business. Well, besides the whole equality factor, Right. That's what, what it's about, is it's about men are able... 
able to do it and women aren't. That's un- that's unequal and libertarians are against that. He says it needlessly offends a large segment of the community who might actually appreciate you if you chose your battle of one of the hundreds of issues that actually matter. So we'll see. Will this guy come on the show and talk about this? What does he think activists should do? We'll find out if he comes on. See you tomorrow night. Him. Freetalklive.com. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com.